And he says, hello, my name's Nahum. Nahum. Nahum, have you read my book? And if you have, how embarrassed you would be. Amen? Right. Well, don't be embarrassed anymore. We're going to look at Nahum today. Turn to the book of Nahum. It's in there. No, we take a book a week. We take a book a week. Nahum. And 
the name Capernaum, Kafir Nehum, means city of Nahum. But we don't know if it's that Nahum. And so we just say, could be, it's a possibility. But we don't know for sure. But uh, Kafir Nehum, that's one of my favorite places to go when we're up in the north part of Israel. Uh, they have the whole city of Nahum uh, inside a gate. Uh, it's right off of the Sea of Galilee. And you get to go to a, an ancient synagogue. They have uncovered Simon Peter's house. And uh, the, the ruins of that are there. A church was built on top of it that you can go up and, and have prayer in. Uh, about where that roof would have been that they took off to let down the, the lame man. And uh, all the different things from the... If you looked at the sanctuary of the church, you know how far away that is from here, to here, that's about how far it is from the synagogue to Simon Peter's house. Just a very, very short walk. And uh, all the houses are integrated together. So we, we don't know if the city of Nahum, or Kafir Nahum, Capernaum, is Elkosh or not. We have no idea. But uh, it's just an interesting place. I love going to Capernaum. Now, another aspect of Nahum that we don't know for sure. Luke chapter 3 verse 25. I'm not going to make you read it because uh, it's just a lot of names. It's the lineage of Jesus. And one of the names in the lineage of Jesus is Nahum. Nahum. Uh, but we don't know if it's the prophet or not. Could be. It's possible. But we don't know. Uh, you say, well, why is that? Why didn't they specifically? Because in the scriptures, and this is important for us to understand, the significance of people uh, is not like it is today. Today, if I see one more selfie <laughs> on Facebook, one more selfie, it's just about do me in. I mean, everybody, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, have you noticed? I mean, and everybody's doing a selfie. Here, let me take a selfie with you. And uh, the people were not that caught up in themselves of trying to make a name for themselves. And, uh, but today it's, is it, is, it, is it prophetic that it says that men will be lovers of their own selves? And that it's a, you know, it's all about me. It's all about me. And uh, the Bible was not that way. It was, it was not all about you. And so we don't have distinctive things about Nahum, but that's okay. Your name's probably not real distinctive either. Nor is mine. Uh, when, when we go on to be with the Lord, 
There may be a few that mourn our passing, but after a few years, who was that old guy that used to be at that, that, that church over there? <laughs> uh, we, you know, it's not about us. But if we have led somebody to Jesus, that's what it's about. Yes. Amen? Yes. That's what it's about. Yes. So, we know very little about the prophet Nahum. We can make some assumptions, but those are not necessarily fact. So, uh, we just don't know. He's an obscure figure, and many of the minor prophets were obscure. We don't know very much about them at all. Now, what his prophecy was about is very interesting. He prophesied against the Assyrian Empire of Nineveh. And uh, you say, wait a minute. Didn't we just a couple weeks ago uh, study Jonah? Mm -hmm. Yes, we did. And that was the kingdom of Assyria with their capital city, of Nineveh. Anybody tell me what happened to Nineveh? Why, why the book of Jonah is in there? What, uh, what happened with Nineveh at that time, that wicked city? He came, he didn't want to, remember? He didn't want to go because he knew God would be merciful. He knew God's mercy. And he said, I want them to fry. I don't want them to be forgiven. And so, he preached, and sure enough, the king says, hey, what have we got to lose? Why don't we just everybody fast and pray and seek God's, this God of Israel's mercy, and perhaps, just perhaps, he'll take away the judgment. Well, everybody in the nation fasted, even the king. He even says, animals aren't going to eat either. We're going to fit them with sackcloth and ashes too. And God forgave them when they repented. Yes. And he took off his judgment. And boy, did it mess up Jonah. Mm -hmm. He was pouting and yeah. kicking stuff. And, and uh, he didn't like it. Well, this is 100 years later. Ooh. 100 years later is when the prophecy of Nahum takes place. Boy, that's a big change from an entire Assyrian nation repenting and coming to God and God lifting His judgment. And 100 years later, He texts Nahum in his hometown of Ilkosh and says, go prophesy against them. Because the sin of the Assyrian Empire had bled down into Judah as well. Um, Twenty years after the revival there at Nineveh, a new king came to the throne in Nineveh. Anybody want to tackle his name? Tiglath Pelizer. Tiglath Pelizer. 
And you can't imagine how many other different pronunciations there are. But we're just going to call him Tiggy. Tiggy came to the throne 20 years after the previous king had repented and called for the nation to follow the one true God of Israel. 20 years later, Tiglath-Pelazar, he gets to the throne and he reverses everything that was done under the previous king. Sounds right today. Just leave it alone. <laughs> Don't get just, just, just leave it alone. <laughs> Don't go there. I've been venting already this morning. But uh, 20 years after a complete turnaround from judgment, 20 years later, this guy comes to the throne and we know that what he did, he says, we're going back to the might that we had before. You see, in that 20-year period of time, they had stopped making war on Israel. And they had stopped making war on other people. They were living peaceably, but the people wanted the power back. They wanted the power. Everybody was afraid of us before. Nobody's afraid of us now. And he tapped into that, into that feeling that we're just wimps and uh, we need to have the power back. Can you look back in history and think of not recent history? Uh, ancient history to uh, not ancient, but you know, maybe 50, 60 years ago, where someone came into a country that was defeated and on the down and raised it up by saying we need to return to our former greatness. Anybody remember a guy like that? Germany. Adolf Hitler. He assumed power by <clears throat> causing them to remember how great Germany used to be. At the time that he came into power in Germany, if you wanted to go buy a loaf of bread, and they had photos of this that circulated around, you had a wheelbarrow load of German marks that it would take to buy one loaf of bread. They were dictated to after the armistice in World War I, they couldn't even have an army. He says, enough of that. And the people, yeah, we need to be strong again. And he capitalized on that and turned the whole thing around. Yeah, their economy was booming because they were, you know, aggressive. And we see the same thing here in Tiglath. It, history repeats itself again and again and again. <laughs> Tiglath, Tiggy. He uh, assumed power, and he says, the first thing we're going to do is going to rebuild our army and make people afraid of us again. Nobody's afraid of us now. We're going to stop that. And people say, yeah! And then we're going to return. The gods that got us here are not this God of Israel. That's their God. We're going back to our old gods. Our old 
idols, gods of war and wrath and vengeance and just mean. We're going back to our old gods and our old ways. And so one of the first things they did, Tiggy, Tiglath-Pilazar, he, he, uh, he said, well, they haven't been afraid of us in a while. They're going to be afraid of us now. And he began to send troops to every nation surrounding them that they had once ruled and demanded either pay up or we're going to destroy you. And so they came to Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel. They came to Judah and the king acquiesced. And not only did he acquiesce, but he took on the gods of Nineveh. Go read about it. I'm going to read this one if it's all right. Unless you want to. There's some tricky things in there. But I'll... Well, you can handle it. I'll take it. Second Kings. Second Kings chapter 21... Second Kings chapter 21. Beginning with verse number 1. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king. And he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hesbibah. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. He went back and followed their evilness. For he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had destroyed. And he raised up altars for Baal and made a wooden image as Ahab, king of Israel, had done. And he worshipped all of the hosts of heaven and served them. He also built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem I will put my name. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. You say, well, what's it talking about? The host of heaven... It's talking there, he's not worshiping the one true God. He's worshiping the stars, the planets. Uh, have you noticed like in Roman and Greek mythology, uh, Mars is the god of war. And, and they, they believe that their, their lives were controlled by the astrologies of the, of the skies. And in all primitive culture, sun god. Uh, moon God, uh, God of the underworld, God of this, Lord of that. And Manasseh was under the weight of the Assyrian king, Tiglath-Pilazar, and he adopted those. Not only that, what did, where did he move these idols into? Into the temple area of the, the temple of the Most High God in, in Jerusalem into Solomon's temple. Right there in the beautiful Solomon's temple, 
There's an altar for the sacrifice to the one true God, and he erects altars to Baal, a circular altar where infants were sacrificed, and poles of Ashtoreth where they worshiped nature. And they had all of these structures in there right alongside the temple. Don't get me started. He built altars for the, verse 5, he built altars for the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. Also he made his son pass through the fire. He sacrificed his own son. Practicing soothsaying and used witchcraft and consulted spiritists and mediums he did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him, the Lord, to anger. He even set a carved image of Asherah that he had made in the house of which the Lord had said to David and to Solomon, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. And I will not make the feet of Israel wander any more from the land which I gave their fathers. Only if they are careful to do according to all that I have commanded them and according to all the law that my servant Moses commanded them. Skip down to verse 16. Moreover, Manasseh shed very much innocent blood till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to another. Besides his sin by which he made Judah sin in doing evil in the sight of the Lord. When it talks about innocent blood, we're talking about infant sacrifice. This is happening during that 20 year period of time. And the 100 years going up to the time when... Uh, Nahum is sent. <clears throat> what a big change in a short period of time. You say, well, what in the world prayer principles can we get out of this book? Well, we're going to look at that. One of them is praying for those who willfully turn from God. We've talked previously about those who wander off. And we all know people like that. Say, well, you know, they're not bad people. They just, you know, they, they all we like sheep have gone astray. Amen? Is there anybody here who never wandered off? I don't think so. Uh, we've all wandered. Not intentionally, but it happened backslidden, gotten away from the things of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen? amen. So, but here we're talking about to willfully choose to turn from God. What a dramatic, am I the only one that sees this dramatic change 20 years after uh, a whole nation repenting and pulling back from their war warlike ways 
And now, into the very temple of the Lord, and no one is saying a word about it. Thoughts, feelings. You see what's happened in the temple of the Most High God? They brought in evil and nobody said a word. And uh, that's all because of the, the change in leadership there in Nineveh. Nobody sins and just affects themselves. Now we're all affected. Uh, as in Adam, all die. <laughs> we're affected by the decisions and the sin of the world around us. And here we see a picture how that Judah has the temple of the Most High God, Solomon's temple, one of the most beautiful buildings ever built to worship God. And now, right beside the altar of sacrifice, which is a symbol of Calvary, they brought up the worship of Baal and Ashtoreth and other false gods and deities and are burning incense to them. And even the king takes his own son and sacrifices is on Baal's altar. Yeah. Isn't that kind of what Adam did? Because scripture says he was deceived. Mm -hmm. But Adam just willfully. Willfully followed. Yeah. Willfully. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, you know, here we're talking about people that are willingly, willingly choosing to go against God. Uh, now we'll bring it up to today. Do we see any of that? Do, 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 do we see any of that going on? It's too close to home. Oh my goodness gracious. It's a stroke of a pen. I was remembering today uh, when my fifth grade class went to the state house and uh, just really impressed with everything and, uh, and then I see pictures where people are storming our state house now and wanting there to be governmental action to assure that we don't have to abide by uh, God's rules anymore uh, we'll, we'll just uh, flaunt did you see on the news? Uh, if, if my if my blood pressure is ever low, all I got to do is watch the news for about two and a half minutes, or just read the scroll at the bottom. That'll do it to you. The mayor of this great city is commenting on the fact that they had a drag queen brunch. Okay, you know what that is. People, guys dressing up as women and women dressing up as guys and, and uh, promoting homosexual behavior and, and they want to do it uh, in front of children. Well, 
Granted, the people that came in to protest it, uh, they wore ugly masks and everything said vile things, but the mayor of the city doesn't condemn the drag queen rally. He condemns the protesters and he calls them vile. Why is it that drag queens want to share in front of children? Doctor Brought right into the place. They're right trying in. to push Sodom and Gomorrah yeah. on this yeah. kind of world. i got to be very careful here because my Sunday morning message is the same. We have, we, we have ministers and whole church denominations that are, are cheering the fact that the drag queens want to come and have breakfast and brunch with the children. It's the YMCA. You remember what YMCA stands for? Young Men's Christian Association. Well, the Y, uh, YM, YWCA, where the parents are complaining because their little girls are in the changing room in the Y. And a, a fellow who considers himself to be transgender still has his gender, very obvious, changes clothes in front of these little girls. The parents complain, and they are barred from the Y. That was in Virginia, but same company. Yeah, right. Folks, yeah. I was going into Walmart's a few days ago, and I went into the bathroom, and there was a man standing in the women's bathroom, and I said, what are you doing? I said, this is the women's bathroom. And he turned around, and he looked at me, he said, this is the men's bathroom. I said, I'm sorry, but this is the women's bathroom. And I was operating the door, and he just stood there. He wouldn't, even, he wouldn't even leave. Well, they don't know who they are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Have I got anybody stirred up yet about the, the situation <clears throat> at the temple? Have you heard about the satanic Bible clubs they're having in the schools now? Oh, yeah. You can have satanic Bible clubs, but not real Bible clubs. I think that's Now you've got to be Folks, we might see Nahum showing up any day now. This nation which once reverenced the Ten Commandments, that once reverenced the Word of God, now spits on the Word of God. It's, uh, and it doesn't take very long for it to happen. The uh, willful turning against biblical principles. Uh, anybody else have any illustrations for you? I just was thinking about, about Manasseh. You know, the Lord gave Hezekiah his 15 years. Mm -hmm. That's when Manasseh was born. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> if, you know, I'm saying I doubt that was. <coughs> 
No, I'm saying that I'm saying that's where Manasseh, Manasseh yeah. was born. Yeah. Because Hezekiah got those extra fifteen years. Yeah. And there was a lot of evil and stuff done in Manasseh's life. Well, the thing is, did Manasseh have a good chance to know righteousness? Yes. Yes, he did. Yes. I just may have Yeah, it yeah it, it's yeah. it's an observation that that a, a, a person can be born into a godly family and still choose the wrong way. Yeah. But you know, it shows Manasseh did everything wrong. That just shows the mercy of God, how yeah. easy yeah. he was, and yet he did. Yeah. I tell you, uh, you don't have to study the Bible very long to see these trends that come again and again, again and again. When you try to merge or meld together evil and righteousness, guess what takes a hit? And the the picture that I got as I was reading the scripture. You have an altar, a circular altar, where infants are being sacrificed, you know, right beside where the blood of the lambs are sacrificed, symbolizing the blood of, of Jesus Christ to cover our sins, to cleanse our sins. And Manasseh is standing by Baal's altar, sacrificing his own son. And watching as the innocents, the children, are slaughtered. There's no sound of the sheep or the oxen being slaughtered for real sacrifice. Baal took over. And <clears throat> as we mentioned, you have religious leaders right here in Columbus that are, are saying that this is, this is real... We are a city of love. And we love we love everybody. Well, yeah. But we'll be talking about that in a moment, too, as one of our prayer principles. But the and they want to suggest, yes, we are religious leaders. I'm I'm almost ashamed to call myself a religious leader anymore. Because people are just accepting the the way of the world and calling it, yeah, that's acceptable in our church. That's acceptable in our church. God doesn't judge sin. Oh, no, everything's good. We live love everybody. Uh, <clears throat> Moreover, Manasseh shed very much innocent blood till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to the other. Everybody in Jerusalem has been affected by infant sacrifice. What prayer principles can we learn? Praying for those who willfully have turned from God, <coughs> have hardened their hearts and, and uh, tried to incorporate evil into, into the worship of the Lord and those kind of things. How do we pray? How? Everybody's gone. Huh? How do you pray? That, he would, that the Lord would give them godly grief and that they would have a repentant heart. 
that they would see the error of their ways? You say, well, how is that possible? They're blinded. Yeah. But I know a God who makes the blind see. How about you? Amen? I know a God who can make the blind see. Can I get somebody to read Galatians 6, 1 through 8 for me? Galatians 6, 1 through 8. Uh, Sean has got it. And then we'll get you later. Galatians 6, 1 through 8. That's first Galatians. Okay. <laughs> Brethren, if a man is ever taken in any trespass, you who are spiritual restore such to one in spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Oh, God. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will reap the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Okay. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. What one <coughs> sows, one will reap. And we live in a time where people suggest that the laws of sowing and reaping do not exist anymore. You can live any way you want and nothing bad happens because there's no eternity, there's no judgment. Everything's fine. Um, we need to pray for people to see the error of their ways. And I, I pray for the Holy Spirit to make the blind see. Yes. I, I don't hesitate. I've, I've had many times where the, the Lord has, has allowed us to be privileged to pray with people and see their eyesight improve. Uh, you think he can't do that with spiritually blind people? How many believe Jesus has the capacity to heal spiritual blindness? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And uh, we need to pray for those who are walking around, seeing this stuff and saying, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. And the Holy Spirit to grip them and to open their eyes that they might see. The, it's so important. And that, secondly, that they would not only see the error of their ways, but they would return to the Lord. They would return to the righteous ways. Yes. Uh, Deuteronomy 30, 1 through 4. Would you take that one? Deuteronomy 30, 1 through 4.
book of the Bible. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 30. It's a race. Everybody turn. Quick as you can. We're getting there. We're getting there. Can God do it again? Yes. 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 
You say, but he's saying he's going to judge. Well, he said he was going to judge them too. But when they repented, he held back his judgment. Ultimately, everybody's going to be judged, folks, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, but he's holding his immediate judgment against those people back. Just like the king said in the book of Jonah, just perhaps, if we repent, he'll change his mind and forgive us and spare our lives. And that perhaps was exactly what God did. For those who are prophesying total gloom and doom for America, I have the book of Nahum, and I have the book of Jonah. And the book of Jonah reminds me that God, when his word is preached, God can bring conviction even upon the king of the land. And just perhaps, amen, there can be repentance. What a, a nationwide move of God revival would be. Yes. So we can change God's mind. We don't change his mind. We delay. We, we, we're not changing his mind. God's the only one who can change his mind. I can't change God's mind. Neither can you. But we can be in alignment with him and that's what God wants anyway, right? Right. God's not willing that any should perish, right? Right. But that all come to repentance, right? Right. So we're not changing his mind about anything. We are lining ourselves up with what he wants to do. He wants to forgive. He wants to come in. He wants to revive America. Yes. He wants to turn this thing around. He wants our leadership to turn back to God. He wants repentance. He wants the churches to begin to preach the word of God once again. He wants Christians to stand up and be Christ-like and followers of Christ. That's what he wants. That he hasn't changed his mind about that. He, if we pray to the God who can heal the blind eye and they turn from their wicked ways, then he will hear from heaven. Amen? Yes, amen. Heal their land. It's still, it's got to have repentance. I know, but the people don't want to hear repentance. They don't want to hear it, but you know the people of Nineveh didn't want to hear it when Jonah preached it. But they received it, ultimately. Their their eyes were open. Yeah. Uh, can I give a testimony? Yeah. Um, we've been praying for my great grandson, his name is Levi. He lives in a lot of well, the Lord's been dealing with him, and he's been having dreams, and he's been in church now about three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Praise, Praise God. God. Praise God. Yes. Getting baptized on them with his girlfriend and her sister and her partner. I mean, they are partners married, and they all came to the Lord Sunday.
and God is working. Can the God who healed the blinded eyes Hallelujah. open the spiritually blind eyes? Yes. And one more. I've been praying for Jesse, and he he knows the Lord. They all know the Lord, but he's been away. And Sunday, this boy comes in. He sits down beside him. Could have sat three or four seats down, but he sits beside him. His name is Jesse. <laughs> and he's from New York. And he didn't like it in New York. He went to San Diego. He didn't like it in San Diego. And he's searching. And so he got an opportunity to witness to him. Hooked him up with the youth pastors. And he told him, you have a seat here beside me every Sunday. He says he'll be back, and he doesn't have a Bible, so we're getting him a Bible. Great but I told him, I said, you know, my grandson's coming, and his name's Jesse, mm. and he's going to be sitting there with you. <laughs> Praise, <laughs> God. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Excellent. The God who healed the blinded eye can heal the spiritually yeah. blind today. Yeah. We need to pray. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. It's not going to just happen. The king of Nineveh did not wake up in the middle of this story and say, you know what? We're messed up. We need to get our act together. No. The preaching of the word. The preaching of judgment. Amen? Not a... I can imagine Jonah was really into it because he wanted those people to fry. <laughs> You're going to burn? Preaching of judgment is an important aspect. That's why again, it, not popular. That's why this upcoming election is very important. I mean, the word said God sets up good kings and, and uh, sets down evil. You know, so it's uh, up to the people. Yeah, we need to realize it's it's beyond elections because uh, you know you can elect somebody that seemed good. They can be a jerk too, you know. You know, I I think back in my historical remembrances of Christians who were elected that did not promote Christ-like things. Just saying, just saying. Uh, you don't remember that. You're you're way too young. <laughs> the uh, so the. The second, the first principle is we need to pray for those who are willfully <clears throat> moving into evil and embracing it. That the God who can open blind eyes can open their spiritually blind eyes and turn it around. We've heard testimony today. God can do that. Second principle, we need to pray, in, especially right now in our day, that people would see the balance between God's love and God's righteousness, His justice, His holiness. Let me ask you this question. Is God love? God is love, is He not? Yes. He is love. He is love. But what if we only preach <clears throat> the love of God and not the whole counsel of God's Word? What's the problem? What's the harm? There's never what? There's never 
There's no repentance. Yeah. If you're covered, you know, you're covered. Why else? What's the harm of love only preaching? Because there's no judgment, there's no result, there's no punishment of how you, how you been accountable. If there's no accountability, no punishment, uh, no reason. Everybody's going to heaven. Everybody's going to heaven. All the dogs go to heaven. You know, it, it, don't know about that. One. But, but uh, uh, you know, there's there's harmfulness. Do I preach that God is love? Yes, but I also preach that God is holy and is righteous, and He will not tolerate or wink at sin. He's a jealous God. He doesn't want you flirting with other things. And there's wrath for disobedience. Yeah. Yeah. There's blessing and cursing. And they're both flip sides of the same coin. He's not less God when, when one thing is going on. He's, he's both and. He is the blessing and the cursing. If you follow Him and His ways, you're blessed. Amen? You don't. He's going to be. Is there a hand back there? Or, yeah. I just know from my grandkids and stuff that sometimes they don't even think of sin as sin. Mm -hmm. Them it's not sin, so if you yeah. don't tell them how they're going to. Yeah. You got. You, we've got to. If we have love only preaching, that God is love. You don't have to do anything to change. And uh, it's a jeopardous thing. Is it true? It's half true. It's God is love. Yes. But God is also righteous and holy and just. Mm -hmm. And what's the danger of judgment only preaching? That that goes on too. What's the danger of judgment only preaching? God's mad and he's mad at you. <laughs> What's the danger of judgment only preaching? Are any of you raised under that? Anybody here? Well, that's good. There's no hope. There's no love. There's no love. There's no hope. Who wants to get close to a mean, angry God? You can never back. You can never get to that place where you you can never get into the place where you're comfortable in his presence. Yeah. Judgment only. You're just you're just a rotten person, you know. Um, why would did you have any relatives growing up that you didn't want to be around? Any I I, I had some I had I had some relatives who just me. Just Cantankerous. That was the word my dad used for them. They were mean. They didn't like kids. Shut up. Sit down. Don't, don't, don't do anything. And uh, I didn't want to be around them. I didn't want to be around them. But then I had some relatives that were, hey, Kenny, how's it going? Hey, hey, Kenny, you know, uh, I, you know what we ought to do? How would you like me to go grill some hamburgers? You know? <laughs> I'm a food lover. But but I wanted to hang around Uncle Roy. But
But they didn't want to hang around some of these others that were in the family are just mean. Now, you remember when Jesus uh, was preaching, he preached both sides, amen? Mm -hmm. He preached judgment. He preached God's love and God's forgiveness. And the kids wanted to come to him. Right? Mm -hmm. You know what the Bible tells us? Yeah. They, they, were, they, were, they wanted to come and sit and listen to Jesus. The little boy with his lunch, he wasn't required to be there. He was there sitting and listening to Jesus and then freely gave his lunch to the Lord. Jesus said, hey, hey, come, come over here. The little boy walks up and he says, this is what the kingdom is all about right here. The faith and the trust and the innocence. Um, if you preach judgment only, who wants to get close to a God like that? I was always kind of afraid of my dad, especially when I had done bad things <laughs> or less than appropriate things. I remember on one occasion I, I had done some damage to one of his tools in the garage. It was unintentional, but that really didn't matter. I, it, was, it was totally unintentional. I was playing with a hatchet, and I was just kind of dropping the hatchet. And just, there's a piece of wood there, and just, I was easily amused. And, and one time I dropped it, and it went over this way and cut the cord of his power saw. Oh my God! Whoops. Gentlemen, it's coming. There was one place in the world I did not want to be that weekend. I only had to see Dad on the weekends because he worked second trick. I did not want to be around. I found every excuse to not be around. And my mom even said, you don't want to be around when your dad finds that. You know, you know, I didn't want to be around dad when dad was mad at me. How can people want to be close to the Lord and enter in and worship him and express praise to him if they're scared of him? You say, well, it talks about the fear of the Lord. It's talking about the awe yeah. yes. of God. Yeah. Not being scared of Him, but an awe of God. And there's a harm if we only preach one side of the coin. We've got to preach the whole gospel. The whole gospel. Now, that's one of the things I, I noticed when I was looking for where I needed to be a pastor uh, I was coming out of the Methodist Church and I was looking around and I came across the Assemblies of God by accident. And I noticed their, their symbol, Assembly of God, A-G. But underneath it, the logo said, All the Gospel. As well. Yeah. All the Gospel for all the world. It, it's, it's important for us not just preach part of the Word, but to encompass the whole counsel of God's Word. So, praying for balance. Praying for balance. It's not that we want everybody to preach judgment all the time, but there needs to be a sharing that there are consequences. And we need to pray for people to begin to see both sides of the coin, the balance in our praying. 
If I'm only praying for good things to happen to a situation, if I'm not praying for God to do His will in the situation, mm -hmm. His will may not be yeah. what I want in the circumstance. How can we pray for people to see the balance between His love and mercy and His righteous, holy justice? How can we pray? For How we, should we pray? For one thing, we can live it. We've got to, we've got to pray and acknowledge as, as we live it that it's important that it's real. Yes. Yeah, God loves me. That doesn't mean that I get off scot free when I'm doing bad stuff. That's right. There's two sides of the mountain: Mount Ebal, Mount Gerizim. There's blessing. There's cursing. How how can we pray for people to begin to see the balance between God's love and God's justice? What? That God opens it once again. That God opens their eyes to see two sides of the coin. If you hold a coin up, how many sides of a coin can you see at one time? One. Pretty much. You know, even if you have it on the side, you can't even see either side. But but you can only see one at a time. But praying that people would see the flip side that their eyes would be open, that God's love does not include acceptance of sin. The wages of sin is death. For sin, somebody died. Jesus did. If God did not spare His own Son, you think you're getting off <laughs> you know, with, with your sin? No. How else can we pray for people to begin to see the balance? Or how can we pray as we're sharing with people that they would get this balance? Yes. Just like he's our heavenly father, just like our earthly father. Yes. Yeah, I mean, our earthly father loves us, but when we do bad, we have there's a consequence to that. Exactly. Exactly. And, and to as you're sharing with people using that illustration, uh, some people respond well to that. Yeah, Others who had a bad father relationship, that they had a father, you know, that yeah. beat on them and wailed on them. Uh, but the Lord can give wisdom to that balance yeah. of what it's supposed to be like. How else can we pray for people to in this land? I mean, this is a critical thing today. If you don't see it, you're not watching the news at all or watching what's going on. There is a there is a a smear campaign uh, that you can't judge anything. You know, you have, just have to accept everything and love everything because God is love. You see. How else can we pray for society, for our family members? How many of you have some family members that they they see no problem? Yeah. How can we pray for? Them? <coughs> I'm yeah. praying for the for the strongholds in their mind be torn down. Okay. Yeah. Praying for the strongholds in their minds that they're, they're you've heard the old expression, someone set in their ways. Mm -hmm. That you can't teach old dogs new tricks. Mm -hmm. you, well, you're not a dog. For one thing. But sometimes we have ways of thinking about things 
that words can't change, but the Holy Spirit, yes. He can mess with you while you're sleeping. Amen? I pray they run in their stinking thinking. Yes, they're stinking thinking. <laughs> that uh, as we're praying for people, you say, well, you know, that's kind of hard work, you know, praying that way. Yeah, sometimes prayer's hard work. Yes, it is. When I prayed for my son before he got saved, he was he was drinking and, you know, didn't really go out a lot. He got all home, but he would call me sometimes at night and I'd have to listen to him. Why didn't drink and play his music? And it was hard to witness to them because it was me. And so I just prayed that God would put someone in his path that he would listen to and if people moved right next door to him. Ooh. Right. Praise God. He, he just liked the couple so much that we can pray for the Lord to send someone that they will listen to pray that the Lord will send someone that can adjust yeah. I heard Donnie Swigert say a sinner doesn't hate his sin but we should pray that they start hating that thing that has control of them the yeah. God can help them to start hating it. You know? Yeah, the, the prodigal son came to himself one day. Now, if, if, the, if the father had changed his accepting of, of his lifestyle, he wouldn't have come to himself. There has to be that stability. So praying about our lives, but also praying that they come to themselves and they begin saying, well, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? To see the consequences, to have their eyes open, that that, that which is controlling their mind, that, uh, that the Lord would break the shackles of that so that they're one-on-one -on -one with the Holy Spirit grappling with them, that the Lord would send someone across their path that they will listen to. Many times when I'm talking with, with families and there's strife and different things going on, they're concerned about this. I'd say, is there anyone that they <coughs> will listen to? Well, you know, they kind of, that's the one that pray, you know, in that direction. Pray in that direction for the Lord to send that right person at the right time with the right word. But then, you know what we also have to pray? That that person, that right person will be obedient Yes, sir. that we'll be obedient to that. Sometimes we can get so in a hurry that God is trying to lead us over here to touch somebody and say, well, I, I would do that, but I've got to pick up that pizza. You know? and, and we can be easily, we need to pray for them to be willing and obedient. Pastor, I feel like I'm exhausted. Uh, I'm uh, at my wit's ends and uh, I guess I, I guess I kind of feel like a failure mm -hmm. because uh, you know I've uh, just about beat this to death and I'm and I'm losing mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know you can pray and pray and pray but that doesn't mean that the message ever gets through uh, so and it also doesn't mean that the message is not getting through. Any, any stubborn people here that you would admit that 
you're stubborn. Uh, I admit it. I admit it. I'm stubborn. Sometimes I can even know that somebody else is right about something and stubbornly refuse to acknowledge it. Anybody that stubborn here? You don't know if the message is getting through or not. The, that father of the prodigal son, I bet he prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. They kept looking out the door and his son didn't come. We don't know how long it took, but it must have taken some time because he lost all of his wealth, all of his inheritance, and took a, took a job in the pigsty and was uh, down to his last kernel of slop before he came to himself. The father's praying help bring him to that place. And so don't give up in praying over them. You, you've tried witnessing, you've tried to expose them to things. And so pray in this, as we've been talking today, pray that God will lead someone across their path. That, or God will put them into a situation where they will see what's really going on, that their eyes will be opened. Uh, pray that they stand in front of a spiritual mirror sometime, maybe in, in their dreams or uh, in a situation, and they see really what's going on. I've only got a couple minutes left here. You know, I like vintage television programs. Any, anybody like vintage? I'm a, I'm a Star Trek fan. Oh my God. Sorry. Sorry. The old Star Trek. And there was one episode which was, it was really kind of interesting. Uh, they had landed on this planet and uh, uh, they encountered different people and uh, Captain Kirk and his buddies were looking at these people and uh, uh, they said, uh, boy, Doc, uh, she looks bad. And Doc says, what are you talking about? She's young, blonde, and beautiful. And, and so are we looking at the same person? Just right over there. Well, it was a mind control thing where the, the this person was actually a hideous monster, but it deceived the mind of the other. And then, then they walked in front of a mirror, and they saw what was really there. We need to have people exposed to what's really going on. Did they see it? Well, this is just a drink of alcohol. This is just. This is no just. See their reflection in it and see that they're dependent upon it and their life is ruined by it. Yes. Now, vent one more time. Did you see the news that the man in Texas who in a drunken rage went over and shot his next door neighbor's family all to death? And he was drunk. He had been deported four times and still owned a house and a gun. Wow. 
some people just don't see what's what's going on. If we pray for people to be aware of what's really happening in their lives and what the sin is doing, what the drink is doing to them, what the what their their life is doing to them. I still believe that the God who healed the blinded eye can open the blinded eye of the spiritually blind. We need to pray in that way. We're going to, have to stop there today. So if you run into Nahum up in heaven one day, you say, I remember one day on a Wednesday morning, we discussed your book the whole time. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And you won't need to be ashamed. And uh, we'll continue looking through the Word of God for principles of prayer. Prayer right now. I think that's a big prayer right now that we should pray that the spiritually blind would have their eyes open. Amen? Amen. Amen. Your loved ones who don't see the need of salvation, that your loved ones that are embroiled in all kinds of situations that they don't see as a problem, uh, that are entangled with things that they... As a pastor, I get upset because I see parents allowing their children to participate in things that's harmful for them, and they don't see it. They don't see it. So I'm, i got to pray harder. i got to pray harder. Uh, other prayer requests today. The border. The border situations. Oh, my, my, my. Yeah. What's the status with Bill? Jordan? I haven't heard today. He was supposed to have uh, the appendectomy yesterday. And Lena said, depending on which procedure they used, he might have gone home yesterday. But I said, give me a call when you know what's what's happening. I haven't heard word yet. But he had an emergency appendectomy yesterday. Yes? Yeah, uh, Don's daughter's husband died, died Saturday, and she needs prayer. Okay. What's her first name? Donna. Donna. How's Kim? Kim, uh, she was supposed to be here Sunday. I, I uh, She told me on the phone she'd be here Sunday, but I haven't seen her yet, so yeah. you, you heard anything? No, okay. Uh, yeah. My daughter, uh, she is producing too much spinal fluid, and she's she was on her back uh, uh, three days, and uh, she was in the hospital, and uh, they had, uh, she went to OSU, and they had a student practicing on her back, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And they're supposed to just take the fluid off the bottom of the spine. And uh, they went up her spine uh, and she's been having these severe headaches. Mm -hmm. And another doctor said they should never have done that because she could end up paralyzed. So she's uh, she's having a rough go. Let's lift her up in prayer. Yes. I don't know if anybody's been seeing anything about this, uh, but the end of this month, between the 22nd and the 28th, our sovereignty is going to be signed over to the WHO. Yeah. I think we should pray for that vote. I, I, I can't hear, vote. hear what you're saying. Our sovereignty is going to be for this country. Is Joe Biden's going to go sign this thing, turning our sovereignty, this country's sovereignty, over to the WHO. 
World Health Organization. They're going to end up with total sovereignty over the whole world because they've got a lot of countries that's already used into it. I think there, there's, a, there's a question about what power and authority he has to do that. World Health Organization. We need to pray for this old world that we're in. And realize that Jonah and Nahum are in the same book. And the God who turned things around in Jonah is just as willing to turn around things in America as he ever was before. We need to pray for these situations. Don't just say, well, I'll just see how it all pans out. No. Uh, we need to pray. Unsaved loved ones, uh, unspoken request situations that uh, need God's intervention. Well, let's go to prayer if we could and uh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem that the Lord tells us to. Several lead us out in a word of prayer, and I'll close in just a little bit. Mighty God, we truly thank you for this day. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for opening up our eyes, Lord, and we grasp your word. Surely this is a world that sick, Lord, and needs guidance, Lord, and prayer, Lord. We ask you to look down upon the peace of Jerusalem, Lord. Mighty God, that is your home, Lord. You're coming back, Lord, one day, Lord. Mighty God, you are the rock that we can stand on. So many, 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 many times we pray and pray and seems like we hit a brick wall, but Lord, you are the lamp that guides us. So it's a, the word says our prayers are going up with the Lord, you like incense. So, mighty God, this is a time that we need prayer. We need faith that we can understand your voice, not our voice. Look down on my brothers and sisters. Look down upon their prayers, Lord. <coughs> Answer your prayers. Look down upon our pastor, Lord. Anointing from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, Lord. That his lips will be a lips of fire and of balance, Lord. Mighty God, the day I'm Thank you, thank you, thank you. We truly are a blessed people, Lord. Just knowing you in spirit and truth. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We give you all the praise. All the praise in your precious name. The name of all names. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God.
we sometimes feel just so weak that we're not accomplishing anything. But then we're reminded in your word that when we are weak, then we're strong because you step in. And Father, we need you to step in to these situations we're talking about today. We're, so many were frustrated because we, we pray and we witness and try to share and we don't see anything happening. But Father, we're thankful that you're moving behind the scenes in supernatural ways. And we're thankful, Father, that as we pray, you are moved when we're in alignment with your will. We do pray for our unsaved loved ones today. And we pray for those that are wandering away, those that are slipping away from a close walk with you, those who are willfully going against what they know to be right and to be wrong. And I pray, Father, for the Holy Spirit to make them aware, yes. to open yes. their eyes yes. that they might see the true nature of, of this world and their lives and their walk. I pray, Father, that, that you would illumine them. And Father, also increase our faith to know that the same God who opened blind eyes still open spiritual blind eyes today. Father, we, we know that you're able. Help us to hold fast in our praying, in our sharing, in our witness, in our walk, that we would not become weary in well-doing, but know that we shall have victory if we do not faint, if we just hang in there and hold fast. Father, it's not our strength that's going to turn anybody's life around. It's not our words that's going to change anybody, but it's your word and your spirit that's going to transform lives. Help us to lean heavy upon you when we feel our weakest. And Father, I just sense today, we there's many gathered in our, our room today. We're worn out. We're weary. Father, help us to sense underneath, holding us up, the everlasting arms of God that we will reap if we do not faint. Help us, Father, to, to realize it's not, a, it's not our strength, it's yours. It's not our word, it's yours. It's not our power, it's yours. It's going to transform lives. We pray for our leadership. We pray for the leaders of our country, of our state, of our city. That, Father, they will come to see the reality of your blessing, but also your cursing. If you can take a, a person like the king of, of Nineveh and turn them around to where they repent, and the whole nation falls in line with it, you can do a job in America, too. We pray for it in Jesus' name. Send us out today knowing 
that you're the same God today that you were back then. Yes, yes, thank you, Lord. And we pray, Father, that you'd help us as we're praying to, to sense the balance of your love and your righteous, holy judgment. Amen, amen. That we would share that and we would live that and we would take that to a world that doesn't see but one side of you. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name today. Amen. Amen. At this time, I would have played that song for you, but all I could get was the colon commercial. <laughs> Yes, I'm headed out right now to the, to the barn. Headed out right now to the barn. Anybody that... Well, actually, I've got to go upstairs and get my keys. I'll go out to the barn. If you have things you're bringing later, just give me a holler on the phone and I'll open the door. Take nothing from a journey now.